Coming up on today's show. I really hope that every independent artist that's listening to this it doesn't lose faith because there's so much that you can do as an independent artist. You don't have to depend on a label to get your stuff out there, you know? There's so many other ways. I can still feel the flutter Scary, but it's real Welcome to another new episode of Now Hear This Entertainment, featuring interviews with guests who are having success in entertainment, primarily music. I am Bruce Wozniak, talking to guests who are singers, songwriters, musicians, recording artists, and more from the worldwide music community. Do please stay connected. You can write to podcast at nhte.net, or instead of email, you're welcome to DM me through the at Now Hear This Entertainment Instagram account. Anything and everything to do with this podcast or the entertainment industry itself, I look forward to hearing from you. I say this every week because I honestly do mean it. Please give me your feedback on the show. Yes, through email or through social media DMs, as I just mentioned. But honestly, I'd love to actually talk with you by phone. I will tell you specifically what I'm referring to and how you can do that coming up. Joining me today on location at the NAM Show in Anaheim, California, my guest is a singer-songwriter who hails from Colombia and now lives in Miami. She was nominated for a Latin Grammy in 2021 for Best Singer-Songwriter Album, which was for her debut release. She has performed in New York, Florida, California, and the Bahamas, and sings in four different languages. Her YouTube videos have over a quarter of a million views, and she is getting ready to release her second solo album this month. You've been hearing a song of hers called Fuzzy. Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, Ella Moore. Thank you so much, Bruce. My pleasure. Thank yeah, it's you good for to having have you here. here. Yeah, thanks for making time to be here. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to this. Mm-hmm. Before we dive into all that you're doing and have done, share with the audience all about the song of yours that was just playing called Fuzzy. So Fuzzy has a funny story. Um, I wrote it right after a breakup from a very short and sweet relationship. Um, and I didn't think it was a great song. I just, you know, I wrote it and it came out and it was okay. And then it was one of those that I was like, oh, it's kind of eh, you know? (laughs) And then, um, I showed the song to my producer of that debut album that you spoke about just now. And also to my husband and, and they were both just, what do you mean? This is just, uh, this is a great song. (laughs) And I'm like, really? You think so? And they're like, yeah, we should include it in the album. I'm like, I don't know. I wasn't very sure. And then I was happy afterwards that I listened to them because that was included in the album that you mentioned that was nominated. And I had, it never crossed my mind that Mm. that song would, you know, make it as far as it did. Um, So, yeah. I'm glad that you're making that point because a lot of times in this show, a guest will talk about it's the song that you think is going to totally blow up that doesn't meet your expectations. And it's the one that you don't really kind of put that much stock in that all of a sudden ends up doing really well. But it made me think of a question Mm -hmm. that every song can't be your best song ever. How do you make peace with that fact? And how do you make peace with putting out a song that you go, yeah, this one's okay. 
Because as a songwriter, those are your babies, and every song has some special meaning to you. But let's be honest, the more and more and more songs you write, right. you are going to have some where you go, yeah, this one's okay. Let's move on. Let's do another one. I'll tell you what. I don't think I have that feeling of, yeah, it's okay when it's happening. Mm. Except for maybe that one. I see. But I don't think I would release something that I don't feel absolutely in love with in the moment. Okay. I do understand that I evolve as a human being and as an artist. So maybe a song that I wrote 10 years ago is not going to sound as satisfying to me um, from the person that I am now. Mm-hmm. But I do, I do think that every time that I've written something and I've released it, I've been absolutely in love with it mm. in that moment. Yeah, I yeah. like that. I like that. Mm-hmm. And it is funny because you're in love with it at the moment. And then, like you said, you evolve as a person and as an artist. And it's five years later or it's a half a dozen years later or it's 10 years later. And you mm-hmm. look back and you go, oh, my gosh, I am such a different songwriter. I'm such right. a different artist now from that song. I don't want that song played. <laughs> right. And I, I still think that's very beautiful. I, I think it would be a little um, alarming if I didn't feel that way, if maybe mm. I still felt... I mean, there are some timeless pieces of art, yeah. art, art out there, of course, but um, I do think it's important to always feel like you can do something better as time passes by. You know? Yeah, that's a great point because I think you are kidding yourself if it's 10 years later and you were just absolutely swearing by every song. Like you said, right. there are certain exceptions where, yeah, even 10 years later, this song is still phenomenal. Right. But I think you're kind of kidding yourself and maybe there's too much ego at mm. play if you are saying... I still stand by every single one of those songs. They're just as good today as they were 10 years ago. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So you were originally from Colombia. When did you move to the United States and when and where did you start to pursue music? I was 12 years old when I moved to Miami, Florida. Um, So that was in the year 2000. And I started, I mean, music has been a part of my life since I was a little girl. And I remember, you know, setting up like family reunions where I would set everybody up on the couch and I would have like different acts and different (laughs) wardrobe changes. And it was a whole (laughs) thing. (laughs) And um, but I think my first paid gig was when I was 19. Okay. And I've been I've been performing since. But where along that timeline did you really make a commitment to pursuing music as opposed to being a young girl that just wants to put on a show for the family? Um, I was 25, 25 years old, and I was working a retail job that I hated. Mm. <laughs> I was searching for this, quote-unquote, financial stability. Um, and I think after COVID, we all understood that that doesn't really exist. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing that you can really predict. Or those of us in the music business understand that Absolutely. financial stability doesn't exist. Absolutely. Unless you're an A-lister. <laughs> exactly. So um, I remember one day I was very, very tired and I had been standing for a long time. And, and my feet were really, really hurting. And I was clocking out. And I thought to myself, this can't be the reason why my feet hurt. You know, if I'm if my feet are going to hurt this much, oh. I need that I need it to be because I wore the wrong shoes. I used to a red carpet or maybe I danced the night away or, you know, it has to be a different reason. And I put in my two weeks the day after. Wow. And then I, wow. I just decided to, you know, to just pursue whatever music was like, whatever music was going to look like for me, no matter what stage of my career it was in. Okay, but I'm trying to understand because if you were 25 at that time, yeah. then 
you were already doing music to some extent, I'm thinking. Yes. And it was that day that you said, now I'm going all in exactly. with music. Exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, I admire you because, you know, a lot of people will get to that point where they get frustrated with their day job, mm-hmm. but they'll just continue to complain and they'll continue to tolerate it and they yeah. won't chase the dream. So I'm complimenting you because you took a very brave step there and said, no, this is just it. I, I can't let any more time go by and I can't keep doing this. Exactly. It's, it's music or there's really no choice. Yeah. Because the choice is music, music or misery. Exactly. <laughs> Have you seen the movie Soul from Disney? Is it okay if I say no? That's it is okay. okay because no. now because now <laughs> when you when you watch it, I think you're going to understand that moment. There's a, a scene in the movie where there's um, a gentleman who works in the stock market and he is so submerged into making some kind of like making more money making more money and like that's what he's just he's just like in that world and not living his life Mm. and all of a sudden he wakes up and he has an epiphany and then he throws the computers on the floor and he's like (laughs) i'm alive this is amazing you know and it's it's such a of course it's very exaggerated in the movie but i feel like we all go through that point at some moment in life you know and then you choose whether you stay or whether you move forward. So in this moment that we're talking about, were you already songwriting? Yeah. or Okay, you were. Absolutely. So you, you weren't in an audience. I'm holding up air quotes. You weren't just singing. Exactly. You were writing too. Okay. I was already okay. writing, yeah. So speaking of singing, though, you sing in four different languages, and you're also known for the mouth trumpet. Yes. Talk more about that. So um, since I was born in Colombia, and I have... French background in my family. Ah. We all went to an all French school. Wow. So I learned, basically I learned Spanish and French at the same time. And then when I moved to the States, I had to learn English, of course. So that's where I learned the third language. Okay. And then the fourth is kind of a, a, like a cheat, like a cheating language there because I don't really speak Portuguese. I was going to say, you're either going to say Italian or Portuguese. But I I can sing it and, and I can... Um, imitate the pronunciation very well. So okay. people think that I speak Portuguese, but I don't. I should change that. I should speak Portuguese. I should learn it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the mouth trumpet, though. Talk about that. Mm, the mouth trumpet is something that happened by mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I did a couple of semesters in Berkeley College of Music, and we were having a jam session. And my friend had a pretend little metal trumpet at her house. And I, I just put it up in front of my mouth and I started to, you know, make a pretend sound oh, of the trumpet. Oh, I see. And I was thinking that maybe it was the way that the small instrument was made that was making that sound. Mm-hmm. And then somebody took it from me because they wanted to try it too. And then when they tried it, it didn't, the mm. sound didn't come out. And then I was like, oh, maybe it's me. Like I'm, I'm and then I started myself. practicing it. And then I, I looked for other people that were doing that as well. There's an amazing lady. Her name is Denise Rice. She's from Brazil. Mm. And she is the mouth trumpet queen. She can uh, imitate the sound of a trumpet with a mute. Wow. She can imitate the sound of of a trumpet without a mute. It's insane. And so I just, you know, I started practicing it more and more. And and now it's kind of like a staple. It's Okay. uh, And and you read my mind. I was going to ask you to what extent this is present in your music that you record and in your live performances. Mm-hmm. It's very present in my live performances and um, it's very present in some of my future work that's coming out later. Mm. Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome. Your debut solo album was released in 2021. 
share with the audience the process of putting that together. Who did you work with? Was this self-recorded or at a studio? Just give us all the details that went into making that project become a reality. Ugh, that project was the smile made. smile on your face, my gosh, when <laughs> I asked that. Because <laughs> it was made with so much work and with so much love as well. You know, I had the honor of working with a producer. His name is Juan Carlos Perez Soto. And he is an incredible producer. Um, and we recorded most most of the album was recorded at, at um, a studio called Pentaplatinum in Miami. Um, some of the stuff I recorded at home. Mm. And uh, it was it was really funny recording sessions at home. Actually, it was <laughs> great. It was I had such a great time. But this album was made independently we you know i'm not not signed to any labels or anything so i remember putting money aside from my gigs specifically mm. for the album and i actually remember there's a funny story um i had a a good check coming in from a gig and we were recording the drums for the album mm-hmm. and that check was supposed to clear before that session and i was supposed to pay my drummer with that check i see where this is going and it never cleared (laughs) and i was just like oh my god how am i gonna pay this person i need to pay them now you know like it was just it was it was a funny moment and and i have the privilege of having a family that supports me you know and and i called my dad i was like dad i need your help with something he's like what's up i'm like can you just transfer me this money and then i'll i'll pay you back tomorrow i'm just waiting for the check to clear and he's like yeah of course and then i was able to pay the drummer that day yeah um but, but the check eventually cleared, it did. right? Okay, it cleared. because you said it never cleared, and I thought, oh my gosh, it never did. But you just mean it didn't clear on time. It, yeah, it didn't yeah. clear on time, <laughs> and then it cleared afterwards. But but it was it was one of those moments where it's like, wow, this is, you know, we really are. Um, in Spanish, there's a saying that says it says lo hacemos con las uñas. We're doing it with our nails. Like we're just, hmm. you know, like you're doing something with whatever little bit you have mm-hmm. um yeah, with all your might without right without sacrificing quality that's something mm-hmm. that i didn't want to sacrifice so everything was recorded beautifully and everything was mixed beautifully and it was the mastering was beautiful as well and and it was yeah now those of us that live in florida yeah we know that we were different from the rest of the country when it came to the pandemic the pandemic yes. <laughs> we sequestered ourselves we quarantined ourselves for like one long weekend and that was it and then yeah. we moved back on with the rest of our lives and and all you haters out there don't hate on us because we <laughs> chose we lived the way we did so as a result you can tell i'm not going to be upset if you say right. that i went about recording this album as though the pandemic wasn't going on but if it was released in 2021 was it already being recorded in 2020, perhaps, or written then, or, or what was kind of the, the bigger timeline? Um, we started recording it in 2019. Wow. And then I had some, like, previous commitments that I needed to take care of that was that interrupted um, the, the recording. I and see. then the pandemic happened, and yeah. so we had to pause. Stop for a week. But it wasn't just pausing. <laughs> just yeah, yeah, yeah. But it wasn't just pausing the the recording itself mm-hmm. it was that all of my work was canceled oh true so true. so how could you continue to I put money towards the yeah exactly. i see I so see. it was a little bit delayed wow. um, i really admire you for doing that though because you know i think a lot of artists make the mistake of visualizing the project and making kind of the musical plans for it and they forget they kind of have an idea of what it might cost them 
But I think they kind of take the attitude of, I'll cross that bridge when I get there. And all of a sudden, they're at the studio, and the studio's like, okay, this is how much you owe. And they go, oh, gosh, I don't, I didn't really save up for this. So that's good that you're putting some aside every time you're getting paid from a gig. That's, yep. that's great vision that you had. Thank you. To know that that bill was going to be <laughs> coming due at Hefty. some point. Yep. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So how exciting that album that we're talking about, nominated for a Latin Grammy, and you attended the award show in Las Vegas. So mm-hmm. just tell us about that whole experience. It still feels surreal. I'm sure. Even today. I'm sure. Um, it was, finding out was was one of the most roller coaster of emotions. Um, and it was beautiful for, for two reasons. One, s- seeing that all of that work that we had put in, and I say we because there's an entire team of people that are behind me, that there's no way I would have made it this far without them. And the main person is my husband. There's no way that I would have made it, you know, anywhere to where I am now without him. Um, so we, we find out and and I'm reading the category and it's best singer songwriter and Alemor. And then it says the name of the album, Alemorologia, which is a little bit of a tongue twister. And then on the bottom, it was the name of our company that we had literally mm. opened in October of 2020. It was wow. just... It was like, wow, we were, we were the only independent artists on that category, you know? Wow. So it was very special for so many reasons. Mm. Um, and, and finding out was just like, I can't believe it, but I can because we planned for it. You know, like we visualized it, we manifested it, we organized for it. And then now we're here. And then going to the award show was just a whole other experience and then everything that comes with it. You know, you're like, oh, you have to make sure you wear something like what are you going to wear for the red carpet and how mm-hmm. are you going to wear your hair and what jewelry? I don't even think about that stuff. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just, whatever. I'm just here to show the music, you know? Um, but yeah, so it was, it was surreal and it was, I really hope that every independent artist that's listening to this, it doesn't lose faith because there's so much that you can do as an independent artist. You don't really depend, you don't have to depend on a, on a label to get mm-hmm. your stuff out there, you know? Yeah. There's so many other ways. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. And and you're not only talking the talk, but you're walking the walk because mm-hmm. you're saying, like, this was something that we did all on our own. Yep. And there you were going to the, hey, I'm here because I'm nominated for a Latin Grammy, not right. because, you know, I'm a general public and I just feel like it would be fun. Being here, event right. to, Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's so, that's so inspirational. Back Thank on you. episode 322, my guest was singer-songwriter Adriana Foster, who is originally from Mexico, mm-hmm. and she lives in Miami. And among other things that she and I talked about was her having been on the Latin American televised singing competition La Voz. And Alamora, you too have been on that show. When was that, and what was that experience like for you? Uh, that was in 2019, actually, as well. Mm. And... It was a weird experience <laughs> for so many reasons. One, there was a section of the of the show that was recorded during the pandemic, and it was the very first, mm. the very first TV show to actually record after the whole uh. COVID situation happened. So there were so many restrictions, and it was just an odd. It was an it was an odd thing to do to have to perform without an audience, for example. I'm sure that was odd. It was weird, um, but then. Our peers were 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 our audience, and that made uh, it more special too. Because yeah, it was yeah, just you know we all it was it was odd it was yeah. odd, <laughs> and and for me personally, 
um, I'm a live music performer, and the level of production of something that's overproduced to me feels not as organic. Mm. And so the TV world is a very produced world, <laughs> right? So I was like, oh, okay, this is how this works. And even though it was a beautiful experience and I learned so much about it um, and so much from it, I definitely prefer the live performance area of life, <laughs> not necessarily the, the very produced TV Yeah, and I it. get that, but at the same time, I also congratulate you because I had mentioned that your debut solo album was released in 2021. That's the one we just talked about that, my gosh, your debut solo album, and it gets nominated for a Latin Grammy, yeah. 2021. And so here you were already appearing on the show in 2019, and you didn't even have your debut solo album out yet. So, yeah. I mean, and, and now we're sitting here in 2023, and it sounds like La Voz was such a long time ago yeah. because of everything that you've accomplished since then and everything that you have in front of you right so that must seem like kind of a distant memory it does you know? and and like i said at the beginning of our interview i've grown so much already that i watched some of those performances and i've taken so many vocal lessons and i've taken so, i've done so many other things to grow wow and when i watch myself i'm like oh that's terrible technique like what am i doing here <laughs> what am i doing here you know it's just it's, it's interesting but it's also like we talked about with songs that were written 10 years ago and mm -hmm. you go oh my gosh i've I've progressed so much. I've evolved so much as a songwriter since then. And That's so, right. yeah, then when you watch videos of yourself or listen to old recordings, you're going to go, oh, my gosh, <laughs> this is such a different person, such a different artist than I am now. Mm -hmm. It's it's almost kind of a good resource, kind of a good teaching opportunity because you look at different mileposts throughout mm -hmm. your career. Because obviously in those moments, when you write that song, when you're on that show, when you're doing that performance, you think you're at the top of your game then. And right. then you look back years later and go, eh. oh. <laughs> I was the top, at the top of my game then. Exactly. That's cool. Exactly. Yeah. I'm joined today on location at the NAM show in Anaheim, California by singer, songwriter, and Latin Grammy nominee, Alamore. Visit her official website at alamoremusic.com. I will have a link to it on the show page for this episode on my podcast website, nhte.net. On her website, look for the music section where you can listen to Alamore's original music or link over to her Spotify. Do also check out the shop section of alamoremusic.com for some of the merchandise that is for sale. And, of course, look for the social media icons on Alamore's website to follow her on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, as well as to subscribe to her official YouTube channel and watch all the videos that she has on there. We talk a lot on this show about opportunities that guests have gotten in their entertainment career, and you will usually hear me asking, how did you get that opportunity? I have noticed that I have gotten more opportunities, more calls, since I changed my listing on the OWL app to say publicist instead of podcasting. People want to call and talk to me because they don't see other publicists listed on there, whereas they do have others to choose from who are doing podcasting. So this is a good opportunity for you to get on there as the expert in whatever your field, your niche is. As I've said before, the app's founder calls it LinkedIn on steroids. <laughs> OWL is spelled O-W-W-L-L. -L, so it's like the bird except two W's and two L's. You can call me on there. You can make new connections with lots of other folks and all without having to give out your cell phone number. 
The app is free to download. And remember, this is not a sponsor. They're not paying me to talk about them. I just have found a lot of benefit, and I know that those of you listening will as well. So I have instructions, links to get it from the App Store or Google Play, and I have the invitation code, which is a required field when you're setting it up on your phone, in an article on my podcast website, nhte.net. Tap or click on the home button on nhte.net and then dig into the article that I'm referring to whose headline is Help Now a Phone um, App Call Away. Alamore, you have a new album coming out at the end of this month titled Beautiful Humans. How long have you been working on that and what can you tell us about putting this one together? What details are you at liberty to disclose at this time about that? I'm so happy you're asking me about this because <laughs> I'm very excited about this album. Um, this album, I started working on the, the composition, the writing of the, of the songs, right after the nomination. Wow. And the reason why I started working on it so early is because I wanted to write with other people. Mm -hmm. and, and I started to connect with my friends, friends that I know that are incredible songwriters and incredible musicians, and I started writing songs with my friends. And eventually after having all of the songs together, I realized there was a whole concept behind it. Mm. Um, and the reason why it's called Beautiful Humans is because it's, it's a duet album. Ah. So it's all duets with the people that I wrote the songs with. Wow. Most, most of them. Wow. Uh-huh. And it has eight songs. And funny enough, all of them are in Spanish, even though the title is in English. Huh. And, and the title comes from... Beautiful Humans is how I refer to all of my fan base, let's say. I don't like to call them fan base. I like to call them just like, you know, they're, they're beautiful humans. Um, and I really, I've, I've been listening and reading so many news about so many different ways in which we're dividing ourselves. Mm. And like having to, I don't know, it's, just, it, it's, it's sad. To me, it feels... It feels sad that we don't realize that we're all exactly the same, you know? Um, and I wanted to find a way to unite people mm -hmm. instead of, you know, instead of saying like, oh, where are my Latinos or where are my mm -hmm. women or where? It was just like, no, what if we include everyone, like yeah. every single human yeah, not being? Not just people from Miami, not just not people ju from ex Colombia, exactly. not just people who like your music, but everybody. Everybody, yeah. right. And so I wanted to somehow look for words that would resonate with everyone and and beautiful humans is is the word but the other thing that you did there is by trying to unite everyone and saying beautiful humans you did so by bringing in other beautiful humans and not just performing all the songs by yourself so here's all these different duets where mm -hmm. you're demonstrating exactly the message that you're trying to get across exactly exactly so do i take from that that your first album the songs were all written just by you or were there some co-writes on that one? There were, out of the five songs, four were written by me. Um, and then there was a co-write of one of the fifth song and the actually the writer of that fifth song is my husband. <laughs> right, but so yeah. it, was, it was a big change for you yeah. to go to the second album that's going to be coming out later this month and yeah. say, I want to do just all co-writes on this one. Yeah, and I wanted to do that because I feel... As a songwriter, when you expose yourself to other ways of songwriting, you enrich your own mm -hmm. songwriting, mm -hmm. you know? And I wanted to explore different ways. And I found things that I didn't like. 
and mm-hmm. I found things that I did like, you know, and that I loved and that now I have incorporated in the way that I write songs as well. I like that. So, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, certainly your writing will improve on its own if you continue to write by yourself. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, you're not only going to learn from other songwriters, but if you do co-writes with several different people, as opposed to just one other person, you're going to learn that much more, that much faster. Mm-hmm. That's right. wonderful. That's, That's right. wonderful. Wow. So mm-hmm. when the album comes out, will you do something special? Will you have a release party or a special performance or something in conjunction with the release date? Not with the release date exactly. The release mm-hmm. date the release date is May twenty sixth. And that's Memorial Day weekend, and uh, there's going to be yeah. a lot going on. Yeah, so I'm choosing, with all that. right? I'm choosing not to do something on that weekend. Um, we're for sure going to have a a release in Mexico. We're going to have a release in Colombia. We're going to have a release in Miami, and I would love to plan for releases all over the U.S. You know, or maybe have a little tour. Um, but we'll see. We're we're planning on that. But when you just said, we'll have a release in Mexico, we'll have a release in Colombia, we'll have a release in Miami, do you mean an event? Like you'll go to yes, those? Yes, sorry, a release party. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I would love that. And those are already planned or you're still discussing it? I am manifesting them with you as we speak. I love that. I love that. <laughs> yes. Wow. Wow. Why Mexico specifically? Because. Colombia, I understand. And Miami, right. I understand. But what's the connection to Mexico? The music. There's. Um, a lot of people that I've shown the album to from the industry and that are people that I trust and all of them have told me that I need to have a presence in Mexico Mm. and so I'm gonna take their advice they've been doing this for way longer than I have (laughs) and I'm gonna go do that Wow. Well, yeah. I can tell it is going to happen. It is going to happen. Thank you. Columbia, you said you moved to the United States from there when you were 12. Yeah. Have you ever gone back there? Do you go back there regularly? I go back there not as regularly as I sh- used to when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, my my whole family is still... My direct family is in Miami. So mm-hmm. mom, dad, and two brothers are in Miami. Okay. But everybody else is back in Colombia. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Wow. So I go. And... When you go back to Colombia, is it just to visit people or do you actually go and perform there? I do go and perform and visit, of course. Yeah. Both things. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's kind of a nice bonus to have that you're going to see family, but you say, this is who I am now. This is what I do. I'm an artist, like yeah. we talked about earlier. Yeah. And you're probably happy to, to bring that to the people there. Mm-hmm. But at the same time it's going to look great when people who are following you, the beautiful humans who are supporting your music are looking <laughs> online and going, wow, she's performing in Colombia. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. How fun. How yeah. fun. As I've mentioned, we are here at the NAMM show in Anaheim. You played yesterday. I did. Tell us about that show. How did that go? Um, wow. It was, it felt as authentic as I've ever felt before. Wow. And the audience felt the same. Wow. It was very special. Oh my and gosh. there was and there was a few people that I saw that were just passing by and then they would stop, you know, and then they would stay. And it's very different when you have an audience from the Nam show. Yeah. You know, cuz yeah. it's it's an educated audience. I even made a joke because when I started uh, I asked the audience to clap with me in mm-hmm. one of the songs and they were all clapping on the 2 and the 4. And you didn't have to correct the audience. <laughs> the Nam Show audience, you don't have to correct them, you know. Um, and it was it was very special. So I feel like when you receive a compliment from someone who's in the industry, it has a little bit more weight than when you receive it from someone mm. who 
is is a regular person that sure. listens to music you know there's like someone it's a deeper understanding of how much work you put into things and how hard it can be or how or how technically difficult something can be and and it's it's really cool when you have someone from the industry say hey that was a great job you i know? would love to hear you talk more about the dynamic of being on stage and being in the moment mm-hmm. and you know just going all in with your songs and trying to put on a show, meaning as an entertainer, but also doing what you just mentioned, like noticing people who are walking by that are stopping. Yeah. So to me, that's kind of a little bit of Alamore, the businesswoman, <laughs> who is saying, how are people reacting? What songs are working well? And, and are people getting up and walking away? Are they coming over? Are they stopping? So can you just talk about all that's going on in your head? You're trying to memorize the lyrics. You're trying to put on a show, but you're also trying to be observant. I have, um, I've learned to do that. And my biggest teacher has been my husband. (laughs) He is the businessman of the relationship. So sometimes when, when he's performing with me, because he's also a musician, Hmm. he will tell me there's a lady on your right and she's mesmerized with what you're doing. And I'm like, okay. So I, I interact with her. You wow. know, and I and I start noticing those things. So I've learned from him, and the times when he's not performing with me, I have to put on that hat as well. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing is, music can almost feel like muscle memory mm. when you've learned it enough. Where like I don't even think about lyrics anymore. Okay. I don't. What what I'm focused on is like what expression and what what emotion I'm portraying in those feelings. Mm-hmm. And that gives me a little bit of space to notice those things. Okay. Um, I, I, can't, I, I cannot tell you why this happens, but every performance that I've had where there are children around, they are, I have like a magnet. They just want to be <laughs> close by, you know? And it's beautiful. And, and I can't help but notice that. I yeah. Mean. When you said that this was a lesson that you had to learn from your husband, yeah. is it because prior to learning that from him, you were only focused on saying being the entertainer? Yeah, I wouldn't notice those things as, as much. Mm-hmm. Um, he really has helped me develop the businesswoman side of me because he is such a businessman. And since he also has his project, sometimes he can't be with me. And so I've had to, you know, learn how to do those things as well when he's not there. Yeah, because otherwise you had been focused on just putting on a show. Right. Yeah. Right. Wow. Which is just as valuable, but it's not. It, I would I would miss out on a lot on a lot of opportunities if I didn't notice those things. Right. And so tell the audience what you were telling us before I hit the record button about somebody who told oh, you. Yeah. So on our way to the interview, um, this this lovely lady approached me and she said, "You were singing last night," and I was like, "Yes, I was." <laughs> and she said, "I was on my way to the car, and." I didn't make it to my car. I stopped and I stayed for the entirety of your show. And it was a good 45 minutes, you know. Wow. Um, and she loved it. And she was just very grateful. And she was she was so lovely. And, and, you know, and my husband, of course, was next to me. And he's like, do you have her information? Here, here's her card. Here's her <laughs> sticker. Here's, you know. So. Um, it makes it all worthwhile, though, right? Absolutely. It makes you feel like a million bucks. Absolutely. Yeah, because especially in this NAM environment, People have so many things that they're trying to do, not to mention since this year's NAM show is one day less than it usually is. Now they have all these things they're trying to do and, and in only three days. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she stopped and was and mesmerized stayed. by your performance. Right. Yeah, for that. Where did you perform? At the West End Hotel. Uh, wow, that's fantastic. Yeah. Wow. And, and then uh, something else that happened this morning, actually, 
we were over at the audio section mm -hmm. and there's a, an in-ear monitor brand that I wanted to talk to. And I went to say to meet some of the people that were there. And one of the guys shook my hand. And before I said, nice to meet you, he said, I am one of your, I am such a fan of your work. Whoa. And it was like, what? It was really, really cool. Whoa. I didn't even get to say my name. He already knew who I was. And he's like, I love your music. Wow. I love what you're doing. And it was very special. You know, wow. Oh my gosh. That, that stuff makes you feel like a million bucks so, for sure. Yeah. I'm going to come back around to that in a minute. But I just want to ask, was this your first time ever performing at NAMM? It was my first time at NAMM ever. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So not only performing, but even attending. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, what a memorable trip for you. Uh-huh. Oh. So, yeah, let's go back to that. What about sponsors or endorsements? I mean, now that you've got the Grammy nomination, are you able to leverage that? Well, we'll see. We're already we're already in conversations, but we'll mm -hmm. see what, what kind of endorsements we can we can achieve yeah because we've had other guests talk on the show about again that balance that you have to strike of walking around to the different exhibitors and introducing yourself and not overwhelming them but at the same time when you can say yeah i actually was just nominated for a latin grammy that's something that you have to say you know yeah. you don't want to overwhelm these exhibitors but that's the thing that's going to get their attention where they're Absolutely. going to go never mind the artist that just talked that just walked away we need to be talking to her mm -hmm. <laughs> right <laughs> that's right is there anybody that you that you're with already that we should be talking about any companies that no nothing yet okay so those that are listening should start yes <laughs> talk to me <laughs> well as we head into the home stretch here in just a moment i'm going to ask you to talk about this song but for now you also have a music video for it that released at the end of last month on april 28th for imperfect protest that's right talk about that video and everything that went into making that happen so um the video that came out is is the Spanish version of Imperfect Protest. And that song was a part of the album that was nominated. Okay. And I loved the song so much. And everybody around me loved it so much. And I had so many people that would ask me, Did you would you translate it? Would you would you you know, would you write this in English? And I said, You know what, I'm gonna give it a try. And I gave it a try, and now the people that have heard it in Spanish the whole time like the English version better. Wow, wow. <laughs> so um, I had the opportunity of, of recording that video for the, the English version in New York, and that already came out, and I'm very happy with it. And the one that just came out last month is an amazing compilation of all of the people that have helped me throughout my entire music music mm. career and since it's a spoken word song you'll see it it's it's just a bunch of different faces saying the song everybody's just telling it's they're telling the story and may, I, I come out maybe like four or five times i don't come out as much mm. i wanted all of the people that have helped me to be a part of the video this um, was your idea to to put to have the video consist of all of that i don't remember if it was mine or if it was, or or my husband, I don't remember. Or maybe we were just in a brainstorming session and we came up with it, but mm -hmm. I don't remember. Um, I just remember wanting to include people, all of the people that have been there since the beginning, you know, and honor them as well. So under what circumstances were you able to do the first video in New York? I was living in New York at the time, and I had a friend that connected me with a videographer that was flying into New York, and he was doing a, a project 
with um, with a hotel and the artist that he was going to record moved out of New York unex like he didn't know. Oh my gosh. And now he was in New York with all of his equipment and no artist to shoot any videos with. And I was like, "Well, um do you want to do you want to try and shoot the music video for this song?" And he said, "Okay, let's do it." And we wow. recorded the whole thing in three days. Wow. In New York. Yeah. Wow. What what a cool. terrific break. Yes. Yeah. Someone else's I'm drawing a blank on what the on what the cliche, the expression, the saying is about basically someone else's misfortune and how that turned in. Yeah, I mean, it's also kind of a, a life gives you lemons make lemonade thing. Absolutely. Now, mm -hmm. all of a sudden you opened up an area that we didn't talk about. You lived in New York? I did. I was in New York for a couple of months. Oh, um, oh okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, it was over the summertime of summer of last year. And then when we started recording the album that's coming out of the end of this month then i had to move back to miami because the entire team is in miami so i and moved back in november somewhat regularly in miami we can drive over from tampa and we can come and see you do you, you, can. Do you perform in miami i perform obviously a lot of private events and a lot of weddings and a lot of all sorts of things but the only public space where i can invite people sometimes to is the faena hotel in miami beach hmm. it is It's a wonderful space. And something that I really love about them is how they treat us, how mm. they treat the artists. They treat us as we should be treated, not as That's maybe wonderful. other venues maybe treat their That's artists. Wonderful. Okay, well, we'll either have to watch you, uh, what you're posting online, or maybe email you on the side and yeah. find out when you, so we can come down and, and see one of your shows. We talked about your album that's coming out. You talked about the, re the release events that you hope to do. Anything else coming up that, that we should know about before we start to wrap this up? Well, the cool thing about this release for May, for May 26th is it's not only the album, but it's the video. Mm. Everything is coming out at the same time. Wow. And it's a documentary on how the Beautiful Humans Volume 1 album was created. Now, so. wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh. Volume one, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, I volume sense, one. I sense a beautiful humans volume two somewhere. Hopefully like 50. Wow. All the way up. Yeah, I want to be able to grow my co my collabs as I grow as an artist. Uh, so my objective is to write songs with the people that I admire right now and the artists that I admire to eventually in one of those volumes just, you know, come on to the beautiful humans train as a colleague and i think but your vision that you're describing those future projects mm -hmm. would still continue to be duet recordings also yeah not absolutely. just not just collaborative writing sessions absolutely and it's cool i think i think it can it it's a project that can coexist with everything else because it can be the beautiful humans line let's say mm -hmm. and then you have Maybe if I want to do another singer-songwriter album, I can do that. And it can just be all of my songs. But I feel like the Beautiful Humans concept is something that can exist, you know, yeah. forever. That's yeah. why I wanted to call it a volume one. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, the, and the documentary. Mm -hmm. What inspired that idea? Because I, I love this idea. And I think it's very visionary to think of that before it comes out and like you say release everything at once instead of the traditional approach of an artist puts an album out and then at some point they go oh, I got to do a video for one of these songs and right. then maybe further down the road I'll do a video for another one and that's it I cannot take any credit for that <laughs> because the mastermind behind that is Wismer is my husband 
he thought about all of that before we even started recording the mm. album. He's like, okay, the first album, we made the mistake of releasing the album and then thinking about the videos mm -hmm. instead of planning everything from the beginning. And so let's not make, you know, we can make new mistakes, but not that <laughs> one. Um, and so we thought about, uh, he thought about all of that. Well, and in this day and age of all of us content creators, we're always looking for opportunities mm -hmm. to create different content, different formats. I think it's brilliant that you're going to have all this because it is kind of bittersweet to have the excitement of a, of a launch. And then you say, uh, we probably should have been capturing footage yeah. as that was being made. And then you didn't. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's great. That's great. So we're going to close today with the song that we just spoke about, mm -hmm. Imperfect Protest. Alamore, before I let you go and I play that track, share with the audience all about this song, if you would, please. Ay, okay. So Protesta Imperfecta is the name of the song. And I wrote it um, in a moment where I was very unhappy with our, the relationship that I was in. And it was very cathartic because... When I finished writing it, um, it was when I chose to leave that relationship because mm. it was doing it was not good for me. And yeah, it's it almost feels like a venting session in both languages. It feels that way. <laughs> in it's both like, languages. It's like this is what I feel and this is what's <laughs> going on and this is what happened and now and at the at the end of both versions, um, so in Spanish it says Que valiente, you're so brave. It's like you will look at yourself in the mirror and you will take the hat off to yourself and say you're so brave for walking away from this. Because, you know, leaving a relationship or a big change requires a lot of courage. And and so that's what it talks about at the end of the song. And then in the English version, it says, I will look into my eyes. I will dress myself of brave and know I will not stay with you. I will not stay. That's the wow. end of the song. Wow. Right. So it's very powerful. Yeah. Um. And yeah, so that's what the song is about. Outstanding, <laughs> outstanding. So wonderful to meet you, and Likewise. thank you for making time to be on the show. I'm going to congratulate you early on the release of the new album, the documentary, thank and you. all the exciting things that you have coming up. I hope we can get over to Miami. I'd love to see you perform live. Please do. Please do. It would be amazing to have you. Awesome, thank awesome. You, Bruce. My pleasure. With that, I will wrap up another new episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer, songwriter, Latin Grammy nominee, Alamore. Do be sure to visit her official website at alamoremusic.com. And again, I will put a link to it on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. Follow her on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Watch her videos on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe to her channel. Listen to her music on Spotify. And of course, as you heard us discuss, look for her new album releasing at the end of the month. And of course, the documentary as well. I do truly hope that you like this show, that you're enjoying what I'm doing every week on Now Hear This Entertainment. If you've made it all the way to the end, thank you for having stuck with Alamore and I. Yes, thank you. And I'm going to assume <laughs> that that means that you do like the podcast. You can take action to let me know that you appreciate the work that I do to keep making this show happen every week, every month, more than nine years <laughs> without missing once by going on my podcast website, nhte.net and then using the yellow Buy Me a Coffee logo that you will see on there. This is not a sponsor. It's not affiliated with any brand or chain. It's just a fun way for you to send your support, your thanks to me, including a note that I will see when you utilize that option. You can also just head directly to buymeacoffee.com slash Bruce W. 
That's going to do it for episode 482. Thanks ever so much for listening. I'll send you out today with another song by Alamore. This is the one she just talked about. It's called Imperfect Protest. Lived upon a darker time, spent the days hopelessly blind, trying to find, trying so hard for you. I forgot to wonder if you were the answer. You're not. Open to closing my mind, you see, questioned all the ones who were free to be. Those who didn't have to wonder, those who found the answer. True love, a possibility. Volatile and drowned in a dark as deep as a dwindling light that would hide behind the bitter pain she'd shown me. Time and time and time again. Everlasting wet and rebellious droplets of dew bask in the sun's glory and shine just like your eyes did the night we became undone with love and dark mystery. And now you leave. Lovely, bitter vacancy, shades of inconsistency, dried up wounds in the palms of my hands reveal the fight, the tough demand between my conscience and my mind. Only to find overwhelming fear, sharp and pending, simply waiting. Your demand is never ending, and I dance the dance of life, confused and gray, pretending we're okay when we're not okay. of art refuses admission of her imperfection she carries her silence and all of its answers the dark mystery the bitterness of fear made of lies and every damn day she dies a little every day she dies a little she dies existing yet barely alive my lungs come untied and i forget to breathe this love is a precipice infused with blood and prejudice. My wounds would seek your unrealistic demand. As I understand, my throat may fracture and my mind might fray, but I will stand. I will look into my eyes. I will dress myself a brave and know I will not stay. With you, I will not stay. I will not stay. 